0: uh hey jake greg Burhalter. what are you doing in my house i've been noticing that your soccer and usmnt content has been spot on so i really wanted to ask you for some guidance honestly oh man thanks so much greg but What do you mean by guidance? Aren't you about to announce your March World Cup qualifying roster? Well, yeah, see, that's actually what I wanted to talk to you about. So Ricardo Pepe isn't doing so well at Augsburg. I haven't really called in Jordan Pifok for a while, so I'm kind of at a loss with what to do with my number nines, and I I just need someone to dive deep and tell me who is the best striker in the U.S. men's national team pool. Well, I mean, that's a really tall order. I'm not really part of the staff, but I mean, I'll try my best, but... I mean, you got... before I start even, you have to tell me what are on your feet, man. Well, these old things. I mean, they're just the new Yeezys, but pretty sicko mode, right? <laughs> they haven't really come out yet though, so you'll probably see them on the next USMNT Twitter post because that's really what's important here. All right, man, I really don't care about those. I'm sorry I even asked. I'll, I'll do what you say, but just get out of my house, man. You're, you're so creepy. I will, I will, but you know what, if this video gets 300 likes, then I'll actually take your advice and hear what you have to say about the USMNT striker pool. Okay, bye! What's up guys, I'm Jake, this is FIFA America, and today we are evaluating the six best strikers in the US Men's National Team pool. We're gonna dive deep on their shooting statistics, their team success metrics, and my eye test of what I think about each player. Based on those evaluations in those three categories, I'm gonna rank each player one to six based on how they perform within that category. And then finally, at the end, we're gonna total all those numbers up and figure out who is the best number nine in the U.S. Men's National Team pool. Now guys, this video has been in the works for a few weeks between researching, filming, editing, scripting, all of that has taken a ton of time and effort, but I'm genuinely proud of this one. Please share this video and share it widely. I don't ask this often in my other videos, but I would absolutely love it if this could go to a really wide audience of people that love soccer or the U.S. Men's National Team, and goes to everyone out there that wants to learn more about the sport. All right, let's kick off and talk about the players that we're going to be evaluating for this. All right, within our striking pool, we have six main players that have been a part of the qualifying windows over the last few months. I'm not going to include people like maybe Bobby Wood or Christian Ramirez just because I think they're so far off the radar. That bear halter has no chance of calling them in. So the people that we're really looking at today is Josh Sargent, Jesus Ferreira, Jordan P. Fawk. Ricardo Pepe, Jossi Zardas, and Daryl Dike. Daryl DK does have a hamstring injury but is expected to be back towards the middle to end of this month. I don't know if he'll be available for the March World Cup qualifiers but I do think it warrants a conversation for him to be in the top six. The other thing that I want to say before we go into it is that I'm using a lot of per 90 statistics just because that takes away and equalizes a lot of factors that aren't necessarily in the player's control. These stats are taken from the 2021 and 2022 seasons for the players. So some of these players could span over two different teams like Josh Sargent, for instance, was with Werder Bremen and then Norwich throughout the years. Now I think you'll find throughout this that there are some really surprising numbers and figures. And for me, stats are something that don't lie. Stats are objective. So throughout this, just kind of put that hat on You're gonna see Gyasi Zardas somewhere near the top for some of these numbers. You're gonna see people that you love towards the bottom. That's why I added the eye test at the end. We have two objective categories, one subjective, and we're gonna find the best one in combination of all three. Okay, up first is the shooting category because what do strikers do? They score goals and they shoot. Now let's talk about goals first because that is pretty much the most important stat that can tell you what is happening within a striker's world. Are they scoring goals? Are they contributing to their team or not? And at the top of this list is Jordan Piefok with 0.76 goals per 90 minutes played. Now this statistic is incredible for an American player. And just so you guys know, Jordan Pifak does have a chance to become the first American to lead a European league in goals scored this year in the Swiss division. Now 0.76 goals per 90. What does that actually mean? It means that Jordan Pifak, for every 90 minutes that he plays, is scoring three quarters of a goal. If Jordan Pifak were to play extra time, both halves, every single game, he would score once every game. He would score a goal once every 118 minutes. Now compare that with Daryl Dike's 0.63, Gyasi 0.5, and Ricardo Pepe's 0.48, and you'll find that the top four are far and above Jesus Ferreira and Josh Sargent. Now I was surprised on here that Giassizardis had 0.5 goals per 90, And actually, he has 10 goals in 20 games played over the last 18 months. He was injured for a lot of last season for Columbus Crew, but he has one goal in two games so far this season, and he had nine goals in 18 games last season. Now let's talk about expected goals per 90. Essentially, this is the number that you would expect a player to have in terms of goals per 90. And we can see on the right hand side of a lot of these players overperforming their expected goals. And Josh Sargent has scored less goals than he's expected to. Now, I think something really important to bring up is the goals minus penalty kicks. If you just take the goals number by itself, you could be taking away players that are scoring a lot more from open play. And maybe aren't their penalty kick takers for their team. And this did impact the figures where Giassi Zardo starts to move up above Daryl DK because Daryl DK was taking penalties for Orlando City last year. But at the same time, Jordan P. Fox still stands head and shoulders above everyone else at 0.64. Goals per 90 minus any any penalty kicks. Now again, a worrying trend that starts to happen at the bottom of this table is that Josh Sargent continues to be below Jesus Ferreira, and for a striker that's trying to get into the team, playing at the highest division... He is not scoring enough and hasn't over the last 18 months. With non-penalty expected goals per 90, Jordan Pifat continues to lead the way at 0.5 expected goals per 90. Now really interesting here that Daryl DK and Jesus Ferrer have essentially the same number in non-penalty expected goals, that's really surprising to me and shows just how far above the expected goal figure Daryl DK is for himself, and still Josh Sargent continues to lag behind everyone else in the table. Okay, here is one of my favorite stats that I was able to find. Non-penalty kick expected goals per shot. And essentially this is an efficiency metric. This is telling you how well a player does with each shot that they take, and are they on goal, and are you scoring with those shots. And I was really surprised to see that Gyasi Zardes is at the top with 0.2 expected goals per shot. So essentially every five shots that Gyasi art is taking, one of them results in a goal. Now everyone else behind him is pretty clumped together. Jordan Fock at number two, Daryl Dike and Ricardo Pepe tied at number three jesus ferreira and josh sargent again at the bottom of the shooting table now josh sargent doesn't play for the best team but i think goals per shot is still a metric that i would expect him to be somewhere at the top because he controls that himself okay so we just look at the expected number for this metric which is goals per shot jossie zardes leads in both so he had 0.2 goals per shot expected and he actually scores 0.28 goals per shot which essentially gives him a number close to once every three shots that Giaci zardes takes he is scoring which is a really really good metric to use in terms of efficiency and how well someone is playing from open play now daryl DK is going to start to move up jordan peafock and ricardo pepe both at 0.18 and you can just see throughout the table how efficient Giaci zardes is with his shots where Daryl D. K. Jordan Pifak, and Ricardo Pepe are kind of middle of the table. And Josh Sargent finally brings himself up from his bootstraps from sixth to fifth in this metric. So he is outperforming his expected goals per shot metric at 0.11, and where he is actually scoring 0.16 of each shot that he takes. Okay, so that will round up our shooting exercise. And at the top, it is no surprise that Jordan Pifak, the one that is leading in goals, expected goals. Almost every single metric except goals per shot, he is leading. Jordan Fock at number one. I think a lot of you will be surprised that Giassi Zardes is at number two. Daryl DK and Ricardo Pepe number three and four. And then Josh Sargent at the bottom of this table below Jesus Ferreira was something of a huge surprise to me. I thought that he would be closer to the middle of the pack here. Even though he's not scoring goals, I still thought that his expected goals or that his goals per 90 would start to tick him up, but actually he's way below even the middle of the table like Daryl DK and Ricardo Pepe. Okay, now we're going to talk about teamwork metrics, which is really at the base of it, how well did you do in contributing to the success of your team? So we're going to look at aerial duels one, pressures per 90, team success per 90, and goals and assists combined. Now let's start with aerial duels because it's something that might get lost a lot with people that are maybe more of a target forward that don't get enough touches or dribbles, but still contribute to their team's success. Jordan Peefock is at the top of this list. I would have thought Daryl D. K. or Josh Sargent could have been towards the top of this list, but Jordan Peefock is the only player on this list that is winning more than 50% of his aerial duels. And I don't think it's to anyone's surprise that Jesus Ferrer is at the bottom of this list, winning only 16% of his aerial duels. Again, he's more of a drop-in forward. He's not really a target or someone that you're going to play long to. But the fact that Ricardo Pepe is such a huge drop-off from Josh Sargent, from 44% to 28%, That is a huge and shocking drop off from Josh Sargent to Ricardo Pepe. Okay, let's talk a little bit about passing now in the assists category. I don't think it's anyone's guess that Jesus Ferreira is going to be at the top of this list. Jesus Ferreira provides 0.37 assists per 90, essentially providing an assist once every three games. He was my expected person to be at the top of this list for assists per 90. Now Josh Sargent is starting to creep his way up to the table, but Jordan Fifak is someone that really surprised me at number three with 0.13 assists per 90. That is higher than Ricardo Pepe, Daryl DK, and Giasi Zardes. Okay, so let's combine some stats here where it's really about your full contribution to the team and that is goals and assists minus any penalties per 90. And Jordan P. Fox is at the top of this list with 0.76 goals and assists per 90 minus any penalties. Now here it gets really interesting because we're talking about total contribution. And you would expect Jesus Ferreira's stock to rise in this instance. And it certainly does. He is not far behind Jordan P. Fox 0.76 goals and assists per 90. Jesus Ferreira is right there with him at 0.71. And everyone else behind them is kind of grouped together around 0.5. That includes Ricardo Pepe, Giassi Zardes, Daryl D.K., and Josh Sargent. Now, again, I think this is a worrying trend for Josh Sargent as we are starting to include assists and team contributions maybe someone that's not necessarily playing the number nine, but also playing as a winger, should have more assists and more contributions to his team's success, but he continues to be at the bottom of these lists. Okay, we have to talk about key passes, which this metric is really interesting. It's essentially a pass that results in a shot, but that player doesn't score. So key passes are really a pass that leads to a shot and isn't counted in the assist metric. So it's some way to basically give credit to a player where maybe the shooter doesn't take a good shot or doesn't finish the chance for themselves. And again, I think it's no, nobody's surprise that Jesus Ferreira is at the top of this list and completely crushes every single other person here at 2.23 key passes per 90. So essentially, Jesus Ferreira is providing more than two assists opportunities over and above the assists that he's already getting per game. Now really interesting to note here is that Ricardo Pepe is the only other player above one at 1.22 and Jordan Pifaw continues to impress me in this category coming in front of Josh Sargent, Giasi Zardes, and Daryl Dike. We need to talk about non-penalty expected goals plus expected assists per 90 because you don't always score the goals that you're meant to and when you're passing to players it's really out of your control if you get an assist or not. So this is a good metric to see just objectively how how well are you performing for your team? Are you getting into the right places? Are you supporting your team in a good enough way? And Jesus Ferreira comes in at number one here at 0.55 expected goals plus expected assist for 90. Again, Jordan Pifok is not far behind. I would have expected Ricardo Pepe to be right behind Jesus Ferreira. But here, Ricardo Pepe and Giassi Zardes are... Hide at number three. And Daryl DK and Josh Sargent come in at number five and six. Okay, pressures per 90. This is going to be a really interesting stat for a lot of people because we are a pressing team, right? The U.S. likes to press high. We like to win the ball high up the field. And in terms of team success and team metrics, this is actually a really important one for the U.S. men's national team because it fits the style of play that we're trying to implement. Now here, Ricardo Pepe crushes it at 23.9 pressures per 90. Essentially, he's pressuring the ball holder 24 times every 90 minutes that he's on the pitch. And this is somewhat of a, you know, running metric and intensity metric. So I'm not surprised to see Jesus Ferrer and Josh Sargent, but this is actually one that I would have thought Josh Sargent might've had the chance to win and be number one in one thing finally. But there's a huge drop off from Ricardo Pepe, Jesus for, Josh Sargent to Giassi's artist Jordan P. Falk and Daryl Dike. If you just take these numbers as they are, you essentially see that Ricardo Pepe is putting double the amount of pressure on opposing teams than Daryl DK. Okay, the last one for team success is exactly that. So let me just break this down a bit more simply. This is essentially the number that says, no matter how good your team is, no matter how good the players are around you, what are you doing when you're on the field versus the other player that could replace you when you're off the field. And a lot of these numbers are something to be really happy about. I think it can do well for all all of us really to see that the top five guys on this list actually make a very positive impact on their team. But Jordan Pock is so far and away in front of the rest of this group that it's crazy. And let me just talk a little bit more about what this plus 0.5 number means. Essentially, when Jordan Peefock is on the field versus when he's on the bench, his team performs a half goal better every single game. Jordan Peefock's team are a half goal per game better off when he is playing on the pitch. Now again, it's good that the other numbers are positive, although they're quite negligible. I think what is extremely worrying, again, I'm just trying to use objective numbers here. If you take this number for what it is and look at Josh Sargent's negative 0.84. That essentially means that for every 90 minutes that Josh Sargent is on the field, his team is worse off almost an entire goal from his replacement. Again, this doesn't matter if you're on a good or bad team because it's just about when you yourself are on the field versus when you're on the bench. So I really think this is something that says to us, no matter if Josh Sargent's on Norwich, no matter if he's on a relegation team in the Bundesliga, when he is on the field, he is not doing better than his replacement on those teams. Okay, so if we wrap up teamwork, I think Jesus Ferreira being at number one is going to be an obvious statement, but what I think a lot of people will be surprised about is Jordan Fock at number two and Josh Sargent at number five. What that says to me is that Jordan Pifak contributes a lot more to his team than just goals. We talked about pressures per 90. We talked about aerial duels, goals and assists, all of those things put Jordan Peefock in number two, okay? The numbers do not lie. I think on the flip side of that, where a lot of people will look at Josh Sargent and say, he works hard for the team. He provides everything else over and above goals. Well, the numbers don't necessarily confirm that. If we look at pressures per 90, the aerial duels won, the assists, all of those other things over and above goals, while Josh Sargent didn't necessarily fare much better against the other five best strikers in the U.S. Men's National Team pool. Okay, now let's move to the last category, which is really my evaluation of these players and ranking them in order of how I see them and their contributions to the U.S. Men's National Team this is just my eye test okay guys so i want to hear down below in the comments if you agree or disagree with me because everything else up to this point was objective those were numbers you can't disagree with them but at this point this is subjective this is how i see the players so i want to hear how you guys see them down below in the comments i put ricardo pepe up at number one just because i think he is a phenomenal talent he brings so much to the table he is so well rounded for this team. We talked about goals. We talked about assists. We talked about pressures, aerial duels, plus or minus. All of those things Ricardo Pepe was in the mix for, whether he was number two, number four, number three. He didn't win many categories, but he was always towards the top of the list. I think especially as it pertains to the U.S. Men's National Team and how we play, he's a poacher, but at the same time, he has the tenacity to go after opponents. Now, Jordan Piefock is someone that we cannot ignore any longer. Again, he may become the first American to ever lead a European league in scoring. And whether it's the Swiss league or the English Premier League, I really don't think that we can ignore that fact. He is scoring at an immense rate, and he has two goals in six games in the Champions League as well against some of the best teams in the world. Josh Sargent comes in at number three and despite what all of the numbers told me, I still think that Josh Sargent is in the top three strikers for this pool. The way that he is able to give everything on the pitch for his team and I really think that this is more of just a confidence issue for Josh and as soon as he starts to score, he had a few before he got sick again for Norwich, so he wasn't able to play over the last few games, but I really think that once those goals come, they will come in bunches. Jesus Ferreira has really shown something to me that I've loved over the last few games, and I think he brings a dynamism that a lot of these players that we're talking about don't necessarily bring to the US Men's National Team. So for us, I actually think Jesus Ferreira is a really good option, whereas Ricardo Pepi, Jordan Pifak, and Josh Sargent are somewhat similar players, Jesus Ferreira is probably the closest to someone that's a bit more creative and can beat players with the dribble or passing. Daryl DK is just someone that I need to see a bit more of. I need to see his contribution to his team come out a bit more. As you've seen in the teamwork stat, he was number six. He was last on the list for a lot of these I want to see him get back to health and start to contribute a bit more to his team at West Brom, and we'll see how he does throughout the next few games in the season. And again, just subjectively, I know all the numbers told me differently, but I can't put Gyasi Zardes anywhere above number six on this list. I don't think he deserves to be anywhere near this team. I. He's not even starting for Columbus at the moment. How can we call in someone like Gyasi Zardes when someone like Christian Ramirez is scoring at a torrid rate in the Scottish Premiership? How can we ignore someone like Bobby Wood that's doing better than Gyasi Zardes in MLS? Or Jordi Mihaljevic, who isn't necessarily a striker, but had 14 assists and 4 goals, or if Zardes had 10 goal contributions over the last 18 months for his club team? Okay, and after doing all of those calculations, the final ranks, so we're going to take the shooting metrics, rank them one through six, we're going to take the teamwork metrics, rank them one through six, and we're going to take the eye test evaluation, one through six, add all of those numbers up, and the player with the lowest number is Jordan Pfock. And just based on this list, actually, I really think that if we called in Jordan Pfock, Ricardo Pepe, and Jesus Ferreira we would have all of our bases covered for the next World Cup qualifying. I'd love to do this again going into the Gold Cup this summer and the World Cup in the winter. But I think what's really surprising to me is that Gyasi is, is number four here. Combined with all of the stats that we looked at, you know what? Maybe he does deserve to be closer to this team than we all imagined. But I think then we need to take into account other players that are maybe of the same caliber as Giassi Sardis And to my extreme disappointment, Daryl DK and Josh Sargent were actually tied at number five or in last place, however you want to see it. But Daryl DK, I thought would have been much higher on this list. And Josh Sargent as well, man, I just want to see him succeed. Maybe it's something in me that is just holding on to some belief of Josh Sargent, but again, just based on two objective categories, one subjective category, Josh Sargent is at the bottom of this list sharing it with Daryl DK. All right guys, that is it. I hope you enjoyed that video. It took me a long time to get all of this together, so I'm really proud and happy to bring this to everyone. If you enjoyed the video or learned something new, make sure to subscribe below. It really, really does help me. Make sure to like the video so it can get to more people, And share this widely with everyone that you know, whether that's on Reddit, Facebook, family and friends. I'd love to see this video go wide because of the love and effort that I put into it. But also because I think it's a really interesting view for a lot of people to take in our striker pool. Until next time, everyone, I will see you on FIFA America. Peace. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes